Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Duff Differently. I'm Rabbi Utsteyer, and today we are studying Duff Memhei 45 of the fourth chapter of Tractate Erovin. We left off on the last page of Mem Dalet with the discussion of whether or not the Mishnah is indeed more lenient in a case of somebody who goes out to save a life on Shabbat. The Mishnah says, Kol hayutzim lehatzil chosrin lemekuman and all who go out to save life may return to their original places. This implies, even if they are beyond 2,000 Amot, does this mean that the law is indeed more lenient in a case where someone is about to save life? Now, the Gemara continues and says, Rav Judah replied in the name of Rav, the meaning is that they may return to their original places with their weapons. This would indeed imply that this is the case, because the carrying of weapons is forbidden on Shabbat. But the Gemara goes on to describe a case where the old law of prohibiting the carrying of weapons led to a catastrophe when the enemies attacked, because the men could not get to their weapons that they had left behind at the town wall. And the stampede caused more people to be killed while trying to retrieve their weapons than through the actual enemy attack. The next step we see is that the case of one who saves lives is extended to also include midwives, someone who come to put out a fire with potentially might be threatening lives, etc. Now, let's move on to a different topic here, what we see on the Mishnah on page 45 Aleph. If a person sat down by the wayside and when getting up realizes that he was near a town, since he had not intended to do so initially, he may not enter it. So said Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yehuda says, he may enter. This is followed immediately by a brighter, which recounts the story of the Mishnah, but with more detail. Tanu Rabbanan. Rabbi Yehuda said, there once was a case where Rabbi Tarfon was walking on a journey, and when dusk fell, he spent the night outside the town. In the morning he was discovered by some shepherds who said to him, Rabbi, the town is just ahead of you, come in. He then entered, sat down in the study hall, and told all day long. Rabbi Akiva said, from this incident you derive proof? Perhaps he had already intended to be in the city, or maybe the house of study was within the limits of Shabbat, within the Trom Shabbat. We know that the Mishnah is a more redacted text than the Brighta, but it might not mean that it is actually more true. Maybe the Mishnah and the Brighter tell different stories and represent different approaches to Halakha. Perhaps the editors of the Brighter left the narrative details in place intentionally, in which case the difference between Agaric and Halachic narrative is even more difficult to draw. The way to transmit meaning is either by stripping away superfluous or distracting details, 
as in the Mishnah, or by actually introducing details to build a compelling narrative, as in the Brighter. The illustrative approach in the Mishnah, the elements represent broader types of categories. The narrative is closely linked to an ideological framework. The elements are iconics. We are talking about a person, or once upon a time, or the king and his son, and so on and so on. In rather abstract form, even though it is a narrative form. For instance, our Mishnah. First, a person rests prior to Shabbat near a town, and when he got up, and Shabbat had started already, he realizes he is near a town. Now next, the ruling of Rabbi Meir. He may not enter because he didn't know he was near the town and didn't have the intention to do so. Followed by the ruling of Rabbi Judah, saying he may. Followed by the proof text for Rabbi Judah based on the Ma'ase of Rabbi Tafon. Two different halachic approaches. One, without intention, one cannot enter the city. This is Rabbi Meir. The other, one may enter even without intention if one is within the 2000 Amot. This is Rabbi Judah. The Mishnah now brings a narrative, that of Rabbi Tafon, that shows that the application of the law in question into praxis, by linking the abstract opening scenario to an actual case that exactly reflects the hypothetical scenario. Based on the actions of a sage, the halacha must be in accordance with Rabbi Judah. Rabbi Meir has no supporting narrative, and his view is implicitly rejected. This way of storytelling works like this. We have the hypothetical case, followed by ruling A, followed by ruling B, we then have the actual case that reflected the hypothetical case and then supports either ruling A or ruling B. And by that, we have an implicit rejection of one ruling in favor of the other. Now let's look at the brighter. The story is full of details that seemingly doesn't contribute anything to the argument between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Judah, but rather create a compelling story that feels real. The halachic argument is not in the foreground, but rather embedded within the story. It is much easier for the reader of this narrative to relate to the situation and to absorb the right way of deciding how to integrate halachic practice into everyday life experience. Rabbi Tafon's observance of Trom Shabbat is not an abstract concept, but a lived experience, and integrated into the story like all other elements. His decision to enter the city is experienced by the reader as obvious because we as readers experience the story with Rabbi Tafon. His action is the only reasonable way we know without it ever being told to us. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.